Hello, and welcome to One Stop Co-op Shop, your one stop for board game news and reviews. Hold on to your pants, it's time for a special episode. Hi, I'm Peter, and I'm here with Mike. Hey, everybody, and not just me and Peter, we also have Steve. Hey, guys, Steve here. And Colin is back for a special visit. Hey, hey, hey. And our man, Elijah. Hey, everybody, how's it going? So, man, this is the biggest podcast we've ever done, I believe. Five people. It'll be fun to edit this. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, good luck with that. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. So, everybody joining us, this is a special episode. Not the specialist quite yet, but special in its own way. This is our 99th episode of the podcast, which is ridiculous. Yeah, certainly way more than we thought we were going to do when we started recording and had no idea what we were doing. We're like, there's no way there's going to be this many new co-op games to come out. It really crept up to me fast, too, that number. Like, holy cow, we're already up 90s, and it's pretty soon, man. Yeah, and we I don't think we've missed a week, or if we have, it's been very rare. So I guess this is about two years of this podcast being around. But before we get into the meat of the episode, we'd like to thank some of our Patreon contributors. Thank you so much to Joshua Thomas, who is a co-op MVP. And as an MVP, he gets to send a message. So in this case, he sends a shout out to his friend Lynn Fox over in Seattle. Lynn Fox, hope you're getting a lot of great co-op gaming in. We'd also like to thank, sponsoring this episode, Ben Swoboda, who is a co-op lover. And finally, we'd like to thank Nick Skeen, who's also active over on the Slack. And Nick is a co-op lover. So thank you, Nick, for sponsoring the episode. And I have one more this week. There's a Colin who's a co-op MVP. And he's got a shout out for us. Colin. What's your shout out? You guys rock. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was good, Cal. Nice thinking on your feet. Oh, yeah. There. You know, I do what I can. And if you'd like to contribute to the podcast and YouTube content, go over to our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash one stop. But please don't contribute if it's a financial burden for you. You can always help out by leaving reviews or anything else for that or just joining our Slack and joining the conversation. But we appreciate all of you for listening and viewing our content. All right, with that out of the way, let's talk about what we're doing for episode 99 and carrying over to episode 100. So this is going to be a twofer. Two-parter, baby. So what we've decided to do is take the top 32 co-op games on Board Game Geek and break them down, put them in a head-to-head bracket like you'd see in March Madness or whatever other tournament format you'd see. So number one seed is going to go against the 32 seed and counting ourselves down. And we're going to cover that over the next two weeks. Yeah, and today we're going to be looking at the Group 1 and Group 2 matchups. We're going to go fully through those two groups. Uh, Group 1 has games such as Gloomhaven, Descent 2nd Edition, Pandemic Legacy Season 2, Mechs vs. Minions. And Group 2 has some heavy hitters like The 7th Continent, Arkham Horror the Card Game, Too Many Bones, and Eldritch Horror. Man, don't give short shift to Ghost Stories. (laughs) Ghost (laughs) Stories is coming real soon, Peter. I do want to briefly note, I said this on the YouTube video introducing this contest, but uh, first of all, there is a contest. If you're listening to this, it's too late to enter because we didn't want to give you any inside information on who's winning, but we will have a winner after episode 100, the person who got it right or was the closest to the correct winners for this bracket contest. And also a brief note that some games aren't going to be on here because not all of us had played them. Uh, We had to have at least three out of the five of us playing. So we missed uh, Kingdom Death Monster, Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, This War of Mine, the co-op version of Orleans, and the uh, co-op version of Root. So those games will not be in the bracket, but everything else, including games like Imperial Assault and Descent 2nd Edition that have a co-op version through an app, all the rest of these are the best games according to Board Game Geek that are cooperative. 
All right, let's do it. It's like Arkham Horror versus Lord of the Rings all over again. Let's do this debate. <laughs> oh, man, and, and that one could potentially come up. Let's see what happens. So first, in Group 1, and I'm just going to read down the Group 1 games real quick so you kind of have a feel for what's happening. So we have Gloomhaven versus Ghost Stories, Aeon's End versus Descent, Second Edition, Pandemic Legacy Season 2 versus Nemesis, Mechs versus Minions versus Legendary. And that is Marvel Legendary, the one that can be played semi-co-op or co-op, and of course we're focusing on the co-op mode here. We're going to start off with the number one seed, Gloomhaven, versus the number 32 seed, Ghost Stories. So who'd like to jump off with a little bit of discussion of one of these games? All right, so with that being said, Gloomhaven moves on. Yeah. <laughs> Next one, let's no, no, go. We're going to give each game its fair shift. So oh, yeah. uh, come on, who, who wants to be a little champion for ghost stories? Talk about some cool things in ghost stories. Sure, I can. I actually really, really do enjoy ghost stories a lot. It's a fun game. It's, it's definitely on the lighter side, so you can play it with people that maybe don't know games as much. You get to take out ghosts and work together and be kung fu masters, right? And you're moving around and taking out ghosts. You are rolling dice and trying to match colors. If you can get the right colors, you can defeat the ghosts. And then there's actual actions on the board itself. You can, instead of attacking a ghost, you can go to a specific town spot on the board and activate it. So that's really cool. So you've got lots of small decisions to make in the game. It's very tactical because you'll be able to move only one space and do one action. So a lot of it's going to be, okay, what do I want to do in this specific turn? And it's all going to depend upon what ghosts have come out and whatnot. So yeah, the game's a lot of fun. It's quick. It's challenging. It might be challenging for the wrong reason, uh, meaning that a lot of it is just due to dice rolling, but it's still a lot of fun. I do find the map does play a significant impact on how the game plays out and how to figure out like where the tiles are placed. Really change how you can strategize with leveraging your monk special power to take out these ghosts. I will say, I think the theme is really cool on Ghost Stories. I mean, you're Kung Fu monks fighting against ghosts. That's pretty cool. A lot of the gameplay mechanisms are very straightforward and simple, but, you know, they work. And so there is a lot of great things about Ghost Stories. All right, how about Gloomhaven? Who'd like to talk about that game? Obviously, Gloomhaven's kind of the king in the ring, and uh, it's a a great game for many reasons. You have the tactical side of the game and then kind of the role-playing narrative aspect of it. So I think it hits a lot of high points for a lot of gamers. So if you're kind of the Amerigamer, you're going to love the minis and, and the tactical strategic working through the story and, and, the, and upgrading and leveling up. And if you're a, a Eurogamer, you're going to love the aspect of the puzzle behind it and, and optimizing the card play and the, and the initiative order. So it's a very popular game for a lot of good reasons. All right. With some words said about both games, we're going to vote. This is going to be a different order each time. So, Peter, what are you going to stand on this? I mean, Ghost Stories is an OK game, but Gloomhaven is is amazing and it's number one on bgg and it's number one on our list for a reason so i'm going with gloomhaven elijah this is uh kind of like you know when in the back in the days of wrestling you would have like hulk hogan versus like john thomas <laughs> I mean, we know, come on, we know who's gonna win here so yes definitely gloomhaven <laughs> two for gloomhaven colin you can seal the deal right here yeah i think i'll seal it definitely gloomhaven for me all right steve <laughs> well my vote's not going to change it anyway, but I'm definitely going for Gloomhaven. I like ghost stories. It's fun. There's some fun little intricacies to it, but the intricate car play of Gloomhaven real seals the deal for me. Yep, and I'm going to be Gloomhaven too, so that's a clean sweep. I will say that I liked ghost stories more when we reviewed it recently, but uh, yeah, it's still nothing compared to Gloomhaven. So, Gloomhaven advances. 
Next, we're looking at Aeon's End, the 16 seed, versus Descent 2nd Edition, and specifically the Road to Legend app, which is the 17 seed. So, who'd like to talk a little bit about Aeon's End? I'll take Aeon's End. I think I'm one of the biggest champions for it. So, the big thing about Aeon's End for me is it changed deck building in my mind. Now, it uses a similar Dominion method of doing deck building, where you have piles of cards, but the way it works is... After you've drafted those cards, they go in your hand in a specific order, and that deck order doesn't change. So for me, that really made it interesting, the way you can make combos, you can put combos together. I also like the thematic way they do things. And the best thing about Aeon Zen for me is the fact that you can use your money for multiple different things. Not only are you using it to buy cards, you're also using it to unlock your breaches, and you're also using it to unlock your special abilities. So for me, it became a game where you weren't just always buying the best card, but you were buying the best card for your situation. And I think even some of the cheaper cards are better situationally than some of the more expensive cards. And so for me, it really turned deck building on its head and showed me a new way to do it. So... For all those reasons, Aeon's End is just one of the top games for me. One thing that stands out for Aeon's End for me is how you can specialize in what each person's doing for a role. Like, for example, my wife would, you know, build up her deck to do major damage and kind of go after the boss man, try to take him down. Well, maybe I would take a different role and try to stop the boss's powers from triggering. So I might build my deck differently from that aspect. It really provides a broad breadth of cooperation from that regard. All right, and how about Descent 2nd Edition? I'll actually start off on this one. I already like the Descent system, but one of the big things holding it up, this and Imperial Assault, is that you need the one versus many, and usually it's not that much fun to be the one, especially if you just stomp your friends into dust. So the app implementation of the Road to Legend is super smooth. Uh, Clearly they've evolved it and used it in Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition and Imperial Assault and Journeys of Middle-Earth, so it is a nice system that they continue to work on. But I think Descent was really good. In some ways, I think it's simpler than Imperial Assault. I love the variety in characters, the tactical positioning on the map, uh, having all the enemies just slotted in, and if you, like, use your expansions, you can put them in. And, you know, even though it was an older game, they did a pretty nice job of providing new content for it. I think you might have gotten uh, two campaigns for free or for very cheap. They've added sort of a raidish mode where you go through really small maps one after the other and level up really quickly. So I think it's a really nice dungeon crawling experience uh, with the app assisting and really smoothly kind of integrating into the gameplay. The other thing not mentioned that Descent does that's kind of unique is the uh, class system. I think it's kind of fun. You can choose a hero, but also customize a little bit by adding special class to it to give it a new combination of abilities. Yeah, I'll be honest. This is going to be a tough one for me, guys, because I really do like Descent 2nd Edition. Of all the app-based games, it's the one that really won my heart over, first of all. I like Mansions of Madness okay, but when this app came out, I really kind of fell in love with it. I love how it DMs the whole experience for you. And, you know, that wasn't improved by Imperial Assault in my mind. And I do like Journeys in Middle-Earth, I think, a little bit better now, but... Descent still does a great job at what it does, and I think it tells a story almost as good, if not better, than than most of these other dungeon crawl games. Well, that's lovely, Peter. Too bad you are last. (laughs) (laughs) So, first to vote on Aeon Zen versus Descent 2nd Edition with the app, Elijah. I'm going to go with Descent on this one. It's a solid dungeon crawl by Fantasy Flight. All right, Colin. Yeah, so I'm actually going to go on the other side. Aeon Zen for me all the way. I played Descent... I did one uh, full run-through of it, and I disliked it enough that I actually ended up selling it. So I love Aeon's End. I have everything, and I plan on keeping on getting everything. So definitely Aeon's End for me. 
All right, so that's one for Descent, one for Aeon's End. Steve? I like Descent. It's a fun game, but there are a few things in that game, the rules, that just kind of irk me the wrong way. But Aeon's End, I feel like it's much smoother. My wife and I had a lot of fun, especially with like the Legacy version recently. So that's definitely has my vote, Aeon's End. All right, two for Aeon's End, one for Descent. I am going to go for Descent and tie it up. I hate you, by the way. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm giving you a nice choice to make. Wow. <laughs> that might be on purpose. That's awesome. But yeah, uh, my my son and I played the heck out of Descent, and it was one of the first games that he really connected with and had a great time with. So I'll, I'll be totally honest that I have a sort of personal bias here. But also I think that, yeah, this app, this led the way in terms of the app integration, and it's still one of the best ones for me because it does have, in some ways, less complications than some of the other ones. I like Aeon's End fine, but actually, for someone who loves deck builders, it is not the best one for me, or one of the best. I think it's like fourth or fifth on my list right now. So I think Aeon's End is very good, but Descent has a special emotional spot for me. All right, Peter, uh, easy choice for you. What do you think? Oh, man. How long do we have? (laughs) Am I I on a timer here? (laughs) We we can just edit out whatever thinking time you want. (laughs) Oh, no. I mean, seriously, this is a hard choice for me because there are some things I like and some things I don't like about both of the games. I'll kind of talk them out loud. For Aeon's End, I I love the deck building part and I love the buying stuff. The thing I don't love is the enemy row and how that's random and especially how it originally works where player one could go first in one round and then very last in the next round. So you have a lot of downtime. Now, with a variant I use... I like it a lot better. Descent, I think, is a good game, but for me, it's it's you have to be in the right mood. It's kind of hacking and slashing, running forward. There's not a lot of tactical depth to it from the missions that I've seen so far, but I have a huge amount of fun with it as well. So they both have pros and cons to me. I think I'm going to go with my heart here, though, and I'm going to say Aeon's End. All right, so three to two split decision. Aeon's End advances to go against Gloomhaven in just a few minutes. I guess I should have said that I hate deck builders, so that's why I went with Descent. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to come up several times. Guess what? You just said it. You just said it now, so it's in there. Yeah, it's in the episode. All right, next one is Pandemic Legacy Season 2, our eighth seed versus Nemesis, one of the newest, probably, actually, no, maybe not the newest, but one of the newest games on this list, which is our 25 seed. And just to be clear, Nemesis is uh, very much a competitive or semi-co-op game, but they do have a cooperative mode. So who'd like to talk about Pandemic Legacy Season 2 specifically? I'll jump in for this one. So I played Pandemic Season 2 actually twice now. I've played it with two different groups and have enjoyed every minute of it. It's not as good, in my opinion, as Legacy 1, but it does provide you with a great story. Every time you play, the game's just a little bit different. There's things that you can search. There's cards that you're going to be using a quarter or something to scratch off, and you find different things. The game can actually change mid-game, which is really fun. You'll do the normal thing that you did with the other Pandemic Legacy. It's 12 months. You try and complete them as quickly as you can to win the game. Each time that I've played it, I've had a very different experience, but both experiences were great. So I have absolutely no qualms with Pandemic Legacy. It's a great game. All right. How about Nemesis? So I think Nemesis is Aliens in a Box, and it's a lot of fun. It's not perfect. I think most games come close to the mark of perfection, but miss it for a variety of reasons. And um, Netflix... um, Nemesis has great components. It has good play. They do have the co-op mode. You know, the noise is kind of, I think, could have been done a little bit differently. I understand what they're going for. I really enjoy it. 
For me, it's a lot of fun. And the variety of the characters and just the way that the cards play out are really interesting. Um, the minis are a bit excessive. They're large, not totally needed. I guess that could be argued for any game, but um, I have a lot of fun playing it. Actually, it feels very thematic. It can be a little swingy, but it can be also very tense as well, whether you stick together or split up and um, kind of, you know, work your way around the ship. I love that you almost said Netflix, Elijah. Yes, I know, I did. It, it would be very fun to have like board game versus alternative entertainment mediums. It's like, hey, would you rather play Gloomhaven or watch a Netflix movie? Yeah. I, I had a uh, Freudian slip there, so yeah, I was like, what am I thinking, Netflix? Okay. <laughs> All right, so first to vote on Pandemic Legacy Season 2 versus Nemesis is Colin. Yeah, this one is no-brainer for me. I did end up selling my Nemesis. I have played two times all the way through season two. So pandemic legacy season two for me, Steve, you know, Colin's just wrong here. So <laughs> no, I, that I, happens gotta often. <laughs> I gotta give a nod to nemesis just because that box, like you have to like put some weight on it to keep all the aliens inside, just bleeding aliens in that box. And that would really sells it to me. I get lost in that game. Nemesis for me. All right, so 1v1, I'm going to go for Pandemic Legacy Season 2. I'll be totally honest that it was not a very good experience. Pandemic Legacy Season 1 is much better, and I'm also not a huge Pandemic fan, but Nemesis, while it seemed entirely fine, seemed really limited, and I really question how much replay is in that system. So while I think Pandemic Legacy Season 2 is fairly flawed, I'm still going to give it the nod over Nemesis. How about you, Peter? Well, I will say I've played a full season of Pandemic Legacy Season 2, and I've only played one game of Nemesis, and it wasn't technically co-op, although all of us chose the co-op things to do, so, I mean, we're clearly a co-op group, so we're going to do co-op, so I might not be the best one to make this decision here, but I hated Pandemic Legacy Season 2. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is a vote against Pandemic Legacy Season 2 as much as it is a vote for Nemesis. So I am definitely hoping that we push Nemesis through here so I don't have to hear the name Pandemic Legacy Season 2 again. All right, we've got a tied-up game again. Elijah, you are the decider. Would you like to do Pandemic Legacy Season 2 or Nemesis? Yeah, so this is going to be easy for me. I honestly do not enjoy the pandemic system in any way, shape, or form. So <laughs> it, uh, you know, I'm probably the odd one out here, but I just feel that the name and the brand is very tired. I understand there's the, a lot of people love it, and I do get the concept, and it's fun. But, you know, while Nemesis may have its warts, I'm going to throw my uh, hat into the Nemesis uh, side. All right, so in another 3-2 decision, we get our first upset. The 25-seed Nemesis will advance over Pandemic Legacy Season 2, but there is a lot more Pandemic for Elijah to hate on this list, so <laughs> yes. we will certainly see it. And he'll goes. lose a lot I, of those. I was going to say, I can feel you guys staring at me. Sorry. Like. No, 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 I, like I said, Elijah, I'm not a big fan of Pandemic, but uh, Pandemic Legacy Season 2 is specifically my least favorite of all the Pandemics I've played, so it was weird to vote for it. I'm glad Nemesis advanced. All right, and last one in round one for group one, Mechs versus Minion, the nine seed versus Legendary, Marvel Legendary, the 24 seed. So who wants to take Mechs versus Minions? How about you, Peter? So Mech vs. Minions is an overproduced game by a company that makes video games as its primary source of income. So it wasn't even a board game company, and it still came together really well. I mean, they did a really good job. Not only did they do a good job with the production, they're one of the first ones to use those game trays that now a lot of games are using as part of their helping them set up and tear down. And I'll be honest, without those, I think the game would have been a lot worse off. It would have been a lot harder to set up and, and put together. 
And it uses not a legacy system, but a campaign system where you have hidden information. And each mission, you're learning more and more how to control those mechs. And it's a really neat, streamlined system where it's basically programming. You're drafting cards as a team. Everybody's drafting cards to put in this program they're putting together and hoping their program can stump a bunch of minions that are out there that you're fighting against. And there's neat little challenges thrown in front of you, and I won't spoil too much what comes out throughout the course of the game, because I think that's one of the fun elements of it, is seeing new things. But just... The component quality is amazing, and what you get for the price in this game, there is no game that gives you as good a value as this game does component slash gameplay to what you are getting. Uh, Gloomhaven? I actually think Max Minions is better for um, Bank Free Buck. I agree. Max vs. Minions is better. I think I, I guess I'm thinking of content and like replayability and number of hours you can play, but you, I, you're right for components, I guess. I think it's the trace I set it aside because, like, Gloomhaven's got a lot of content in it, but it doesn't have that sweet organization system that Mechs vs. Minions has, so that's what puts it to the bar for me. Hey, man, all you got to do is buy, like, a $100 or $200 organizer, and you're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, put it together yourself with some wood glue. It's easy. Exactly. <laughs> Mike's making fun of me here because I spent $80 on an organizer that I put together, and I have not played the game since I did that. That's right. Well, <laughs> that was the What's the fun anymore? <laughs> Seriously. All right, I, I cannot think of anyone better suited to talk about Marvel Legendary than Steve. So, Steve, why don't you tell us a bit about it? Yeah, so this is a game that my wife and I play all the time. This is one of her favorite games. My wife does like deck builds quite a bit, and the Marvel theme definitely resonates with us. It's a pretty light game. It takes the classic Marvel superheroes, you know. You can choose five different ones, mix them all together to form a market that you can buy from and add to your deck. And then you also can create a villain's deck, which is various villain groups, and go against a mastermind. Now, the mastermind is trying to achieve a scheme, and the scheme will progress based upon the scheme twists that are buried within that villain deck. And there's a lot of other ways that the setup and how the schemes and master strikes can trigger throughout the game to make a unique experience. So there's a lot of decks in this game. There's At this point, I have over 100 heroes. I will never play the same game twice at this point. There's just too much content out there, too many different combinations. I will never see everything in this game. But if you like deck builders and you are okay with some balance issues that may arise from some of the huge variety in this game it can be pretty fun for what it is all right so steve i think we probably know where you're going to go with this but you are first to vote on mechs versus minion versus marvel legendary i love mechs versus minions it's really fun i wanted a good programming game and that one's a solid one the production's amazing but based on how much i play the game i gotta get a nod to legendary just because my wife and i play it all the time i have so many plays of it I feel like I will never get done exploring that game, and that's why I, I got to vote that way. All right, I'm next, and this is an odd one because Legendary is literally the only game out of the top 32 that I have not played, and I don't really have a strong desire to play it. I do enjoy Legendary Encounters, but more for the thematic tie-ins. I think the deck building in these games is weak, and in general, not as much of a fan of Ascension-style kind of like random market deck building where the market might be cluttered up with crap you don't want, as I am a fan of sort of Dominion-style, and end style where you have specific decks. So even though I haven't played Legendary, I think Max vs. Minion is a great programming game. I think the production values are ridiculous. And I like the unlock kind of version of the campaign where you get to discover new things. So I'm going to go with Max vs. Minions, uh, tying it up 1-1. Peter? 
Yeah, this is another hard one for me. I want to like Legendary more than I do, and I do like it. I do like the Alien Legendary better, and so for me, I think there's a better Legendary game in here, so that's swinging my vote a little bit. I just can't get the difficulty right for Marvel Legendary. I wish I could. It seems too easy when I play it. I mean, I guess I can do things to try to make it harder, but I do enjoy it every time I play it. And Mechs vs. Minions, I haven't played as much as I feel like I want to, and I should, so it is an, it is a hard decision for me, but I'm going to stick with Mechs vs. Minions on this one. All right, Elijah, coming to you with a two for Mechs versus Minions, one for Legendary, and we know you love deck builders. Jeez. So, the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the issue here is uh, Mechs versus Minions is amazingly uh, overproduced, and the, just the whole concept, like Steve said, it's a solid programming game. You do have the campaign sort of unlock. I feel like the replayability it's, could get a little stale. I personally don't like deck builders, but I think there's more game in the box for Legendary, just with the variety of combos. I love the artwork. I love superheroes, and I just love the concept of kind of like, you know, battling against that versus um, kind of the puzzling aspect versus in mechs versus minions. So I'm going to have to throw my, um, my vote to Legendary on this one. All right, Colin, we've got a lot of these in a row. You are going to decide. 2v2, who's going to win here? Yeah, Max versus Minions is going to win here. I love that game. <laughs> <laughs> no suspense at all. Really I thought it was going to take you a little bit longer than that. No, no. I sold all of my Legendary uh, Marvel. I liked Legendary Marvel. I thought it was good. But in a market full of all these amazing deck builders, it just didn't stand out for me. I mean, if you're really into the theme, so like Steve really likes the theme, totally. I totally get it. But for me, a unique programming game like Max versus Minions, all the way. I've played that so many times with so many different people, and they all love it. So, yeah, that's that would be the one for me. All right, so Mechs versus Minions, the nine seed advances. It'll be going against Nemesis in the next round. So we've got uh, coming up right now Gloomhaven versus Aeon's End, one seed versus sixteen seed. Anybody want to discuss anything kind of overall before we vote? Man, this is this is this is going to be tough for me again. Ah. Well, I'll start us off. It's not tough for me. I, again, I said Aeon's End. I love deck builders, but it is not one of the best ones for me. I think Gloomhaven is one of the best dungeon crawlers of all time, and that's another genre I love, so definitely Gloomhaven for me. Peter, you're up. All right, I'm going the other way. I'm going Aeon's End. I mean, it's funny. I have less of a hard time making this decision than the Descent one, because the people who know me know that, for me, it's simplicity and, you know, how quickly I can pull something out and play it and how easy it is to remember the rules. And Descent versus Aeonzen was a harder one for me than Gloomhaven versus Aeonzen. The reason I haven't pulled it out since I bought that $80 organizer is I don't want to have to remember the rules again. So, yep, for me, it's going to be Aeonzen. All right, 1v1, Elijah. I'm not a fan of deck builders. I think the Aeonzen system is really great. I think there's a lot of great mechanics and, and gameplay in there. Gloomhaven is a beast to get to the table. It takes a huge commitment. Uh, but I, I think overall I'm going to go with uh, Gloomhaven on this one. All right, 2v1, Colin. Well, I have 42 plays of Gloomhaven and only 28 of Aeon's End, it looks like. So I got to go Gloomhaven. Did you say the words one. only 28 plays of Aeon's End? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> both of those games are clearly great for you. but <laughs> Yes, that's the problem. They're both amazing. But I, I, I have an, a weekly group that we play Gloomhaven with, and that really helps with Gloomhaven. So I don't have to re- worry about re-remembering rules. We play it every Sunday. It comes out, and we get it played. So for me, Gloomhaven. All right, and uh, that's already a win for Gloomhaven, but Steve, we want to count your vote. What are you going to say? 
I'm actually going to vote for Aeon's End. And the reason for that is I feel like I have more control over the luck factors in Aeon's End than Gloomhaven. I mean, Gloomhaven, you have the ability to adjust your hit deck and control some of the probabilities there. But the fact that you can stack your deck in Aeon's End gives me a lot of control, lets me trigger these fun combos. I've done a lot more uh, interesting combos in Aeon's End than I have in Gloomhaven. All right, so uh, we did have a little bit of a split there, 3-2, to two, but Gloomhaven, the number one seed, advances... And now let's look at Nemesis versus Mechs versus Minions. Peter, you are first on this one. All right, for me, it's easy. I like Nemesis in my one play of it, but Mechs versus Minions is going to keep coming back to the table. We still have that one in our collection. It's definitely Mechs versus Minions for me in this one. Elijah. So Nemesis is a great game, a lot of fun. It is very thematic, but Mechs versus Minions is definitely more polished and is just more fun to play. So I'm going to go with Mechs versus Minions. All right, that's two for Mechs versus Minions. Colin. Yeah, same here. Mechs versus Minions, I'll put three. <laughs> All right, uh, Steve? My vote is Mechs versus Minions. It's got that sleeve factor where you can actually program your robot off damage, and that's just too much fun to pass up. Yeah, and like I said, uh, Nemesis is not that great of a game for me, so Mechs versus Minions, a clean sweep after all these really contentious votes. So that'll put for the winner of Group 1, Mechs versus Minions, the 9 seed, versus the Behemoth, Gloomhaven, the number 1 seed. And we are starting with Elijah on this uh, final decision in Group 1. Gloomhaven or Mechs versus Minions, Elijah? Uh, so I'm going to go with Gloomhaven on this one. It's just uh, between, you know, Mechs versus Minions, again, a great game, uh, a lot of fun, the programming. But for me, there's just more depth to Gloomhaven. And I think if I was going to sit down and, and pick one to play, um, while Gloomhaven's more of a beast to get to the table, it would probably uh, be the, uh, Gloomhaven. Okay, Colin. Gloomhaven for me as well. I've got a campaign going. Mechs versus Minions is wonderful, but I, I, I can't stop thinking about Gloomhaven. <laughs> All right, two for Gloomhaven, Steve. I stand by my vote that Mechs vs. Minions is a better bang for your buck than Gloomhaven, but if I was going to sit down with these two boxes in front of me, which one would I pick more than the other? It would have to be Gloomhaven. Okay, uh, that's three, so it's already winning, but I'm certainly picking Gloomhaven. Even though I did trade my copy away, I still want to play Peter's copy when I get a chance. I think it's a phenomenal design. So that's a four for Gloomhaven. Uh, Peter, how about you? I'm sorry, no mics allowed. <laughs> All right, well then, maybe I'll need to buy it again. For me, it is uh, obviously Gloomhaven as well. So even though I said in the last round, and Zen, I like for its simplicity. But for me, the gameplay is more there in Gloomhaven. So I'm going to stick with Gloomhaven on this. All right. So uh, Gloomhaven and looking at the uh, listener votes, that's one that almost everyone predicted to win this round. But let's go into group two and see what's going to face off against Gloomhaven to finish this episode out. By the way, I'd like to point out that Gloomhaven must be like 900% better than Nemesis because Mechs vs. Minions swept Nemesis and Gloomhaven swept Mechs vs. Minions. So therefore, by transitive properties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all about transitive properties here on, uh, on Co-op Guys. Co-op Guys? What? Oh, wait, crap. What? Oh, oh, I'm kicked off the episode. My votes are What are we called now? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Okay, going to group two, let's read down the matchups. We have the seventh continent, the four seed, versus Mysterium, the 29th seed. Time Stories, the 13th seed, versus Too Many Bones, the 20th seed. Arkham Horror, the card game, the fifth seed, versus Detective, a modern crime story, the 28th seed. Eldritch Horror, the 12th seed, versus Codenames Duet, the 21st seed. So we do have a new order of voting. We'll get to there in a second. But first, let's talk about seventh continent versus Mysterium. I'll talk about Seventh Continent. I will honestly say that I've mostly played it solo, 
But I do think that it is a engrossing experience. It is unique. It is a game unlike any other. It can be very punishing trying to survive and just like hunting for food. But the mystery, the discovery... The fact that you can be so entertained just walking around the world, even if you're not directly trying to solve the mystery you're uh, tasked with, or if you're like Peter and you never even look at the map and you just go in a totally different direction entirely, I think it's really fun. <laughs> it's really innovative. The way you can uh, combine your gear and like kind of create new things and use them in different ways is really cool. And I personally like the resolution mechanic, where you, uh, in many cases, decide how much you want to commit, but you are tiring yourself out more to give yourself a better chance of success. I love that thematically and mechanically as a push-your-luck mechanic. So, yeah, I really think uh, Seventh Continent is a unique and inspired design in terms of giving you an exploration. Can I ask a quick question? Sure. We're doing this as co-ops, though, right? Not as a... We, we, yeah, it's, it's going to present okay. a challenge to me because we are talking yeah. about these as co-ops and not solo I know. Well, because Mysterium versus Seventh Continent co-op is very different than solo. You know what I mean? So, Absolutely. Anyways, okay. And I think that should totally be in your votes. And we'll, we'll keep okay. this in the episode so the people listening can know that as well. Okay, cool. So let me ask, what's the voting order here? So I know how much to, to lobby during this discussion. <laughs> you, you are going to be third, <laughs> but why don't you talk about Mysterium right now, Peter? Yeah, again, this is a co-op discussion, not a solo discussion. And Seventh Continent multiplayer is just not fun at all. Well, hey, so hey I'm we're, gonna th- we're not voting I'm, yet, Peter. Talk about Mysterium. Why is it a cool game? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw that out there before I get into Mysterium. So Mysterium's a... Actually, it's a really fun game. It's very unique where the ghost player who is the one giving clues to everybody can't talk so it's the first one that that came up with this and obviously as we know with my mind love i actually like that role in co-op games it does something to pull away the alpha player a little bit not that i think co-ops have a problem with alpha player but it's a neat way of treating co-ops differently it's a neat way of playing games differently as you guys can tell i don't like to talk a lot so i like games where you don't talk a lot (laughs) was that a joke (laughs) (laughs) But Mysterium, for me, you're playing these cards. They all have kind of wacky appearances to them. I think it took Dixit to the next level for me. And I haven't even played the U.S. version of this. I bought the Polish version before it came out. And I've stuck with that one. And every group I brought it out with has absolutely loved it. It's one of the first, quote-unquote, party games because it is a large group game that you could play. That was a co-op game as well. And I just think it does everything really well. I don't think there's any real weaknesses to it, in my opinion. All right. So uh, the order now is going to be Colin, then me, then Peter, Steve, Elijah, just to kind of change up who's following who. So Colin, between Seventh Continent and Mysterium, how are you going to vote? Yeah, so from a co-op perspective, I'd definitely go Mysterium over Seventh Continent. I've played Seventh Continent about four or five times co-op, and it just did not sing well. It sung much better when I played it solo. Mysterium is so much fun co-op. Just seeing people's faces, hearing people trying to guess what the heck the ghost is trying to tell you with this random picture. It's so much fun. Every group I've played that with has really enjoyed it. It's definitely lighter, but it's lighter in a good way. So yeah, for me, Mysterium all the way. I'm going to go the other way and go Seventh Continent. I don't disagree that it is better as a solo game, and I don't think you should play it with three or four players, but I think it can work really well as a two-player game if you're both invested in all the time needed. And while Mysterium is great and is innovative in its own right, I think Seventh Continent is a genius kind of... I mean, there are flaws in it, so maybe genius is not the right word, but a, a crazy design that is improbable in its success and is really amazing in the immersion of the theme. 
So I do like Mysterium sometimes, but I've had some negative experiences with it, whereas Seventh Continent has really wowed me in a lot of ways. So I'm going to vote for Seventh Continent. Peter? For me, it's obviously a no-brainer. One of them's a super fun game where everybody's enjoyed it every time I've played it, and the other one is Seventh Continent. (laughs) 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 Which might be fun for 30 minutes, but it is a 27-hour game. So no, no Seventh Continent for me. So that's two for Mysterium, one for Seventh Continent. Steve? Both these games have amazing artwork, and they're well-designed games. I'll enjoy them. But there's only one of these games that I've sat down and played four or five times in a row, and we just couldn't get enough of it, and that was Mysterium. Definitely my vote for Mysterium. I was about to say, if you played Seventh Continent four to five times in a row, you would be dead, probably. <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> I'll probably still be All right, playing so, it now. Uh, Mysterium is going to advance, but Elijah, where do you vote? I was just going to say the same thing as uh, Peter, that um, I think the Seventh Continent is a really innovative game, but I think the slog through a curse and then having to replay just kills it for me, and Mysterium is just a lot of fun. All right, so I'm the sole one voting for the fourth seed, Seventh Continent. Clearly, BGG likes that one more than we do. Or maybe it's the solo versus co-op question, because I do think it's a great solo game. But in either case, the 29th seed, Mysterium, is advancing to the next round. So speaking of a slog that you have to play through more than once, let's talk about our next bracket. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> so, both uh, of them. This, oh, this my one's going to be interesting for me because I have strong feelings about both these games. But this is Time Stories, the 13 seed versus Too Many Bones, the 20 seed. So I'll talk about Time Stories. This is uh, sort of inspired, I think, by like Groundhog Day or Back to the Future, although the repeating of a day is more kind of Groundhog Day-ish. But you go back to different periods in time. You're trying to fix these like time irregularities. And it's, in a way, a lot like a choose-your-own-adventure game. And it has this really innovative... This is one of my favorite things about it, where they lay out the cards that represent the options you can take in your investigation. And you flip the cards over and read them. And players can kind of do that simultaneously. And we'll have hidden information. So it's got some really cool cooperative elements in there. Even as you solve the mystery together, you might miss information. It's incredibly varied because each of the expansions was designed by different people, or at least most of them were. Now, that does mean that sometimes the quality is less or more and the translation isn't always perfect. But this is a a really cool kind of take on the mystery, choose-your-own-adventure sort of style of game and add on the great artwork, the varied themes. I think it's a pretty cool game, Time Stories. All right, Colin, you want to talk about Too Many Bones? Yeah, so Too Many Bones, you are, it's basically like an RPG. You're going to be building up a character. It's set in this adventure world. You're going to go through a certain amount of days before taking on a boss. As long as you win those scenarios, you'll be able to gain experience, which you can use to either collect more skills, and those skills are actually dice that you'll get to roll, or you can upgrade your attack or defense values, or even your dexterity, so you can roll more dice every time you activate. You'll go through that and then try and defeat a boss. With the new expansions, you can also do a campaign mode. And now they've got the one where you're by the water as well. So there's lots of different varieties. You've got tons of different uh, adventures that you can go on. And it is, it's somewhat tactical because there is a board, but you've got these really nice premium chips that are, uh, that you're going to be playing with. And all of the dice are laser printed. So they look nice. They feel nice in your hand. If you love dice chucking and you love building a character and going Going through an adventure story, Too Many Bones sounds pretty good. Was that good? I hate that game, but was that good? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Please oh leave that in gosh, there. Geez. Holy crap. <laughs> that is amazing. Um, okay, so I'm first to vote. And I'm going to be honest with y'all. This is going to be probably the toughest vote I have tonight. Because 
I don't like either of these games very much. <laughs> I guess I'm kind of out of the uh, the co-op mindset with these ones. So, Time Stories... The thing is, I do like the core game of Time Stories. I think the very first core game was really well done, and that's probably still my top one. But out of the other expansions i played, and i played most of them, many of them have been deeply flawed in multiple ways. Some of them have had terrible translation issues, and me as an English teacher, I just could not deal with it. But uh, I also think they really flub the repeating time thing. I think if you want to look at a game that does that great tragedy looper, it is amazing, but it's not co-op, unfortunately. But I think Time Story is just like, kind of doesn't stick the landing like the repeating of things feels frustrating and annoying and like they're artificially padding the runtime but too many bones oh, i love this on my first like two or three plays but then i was like the difficulty is all over the place and you can die so quickly and then you get into this death spiral where you can't win and the thing that pissed me off the most about this game the reason that i really uh just had to not play it anymore is that they sell it entirely on the idea that you can, like, do all these diverse uh, paths and you can, like, take all these different ways to level up your characters. But, you know, I'll be honest, I'm a min-maxer. I look for min-max opportunities. And I felt like, at least for the characters I played, I didn't play all of them, but for the characters I played, there were very, very, very obvious upgrade paths that were better and uh, other ones that were just terrible. And I was like, why would I ever take the skill in a million years? So all this crazy work, all this beautiful stuff was worthless because I just would never see the variety that the game was promising. So I don't like either of these, but I will say the core game of Time Stories was very entertaining. Too many bones after three plays. I was done with it. So I'm going to vote for Time Stories. Peter. I feel like we're just voting on who's going to lose to Mysterium in the next round here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's your vote for what's going to lose to Mysterium? (laughs) So for me, I agree with everything Mike said, but... Those first few experiences with Too Many Bones were so much fun for me. And I think that's why this game gets so much hype and buzz, is like those first couple games you play are amazing, and we know people don't play more than five games now. So with that being said, if I was going to buy a game to play five times, it would be Too Many Bones over Time Stories. So I'm going to vote Too Many Bones. Okay, Steve. I like to explore my games. I like to try different things. I like to see if I were to take this other path, how it would work. And so both these games kind of have that opportunity, but I think with too many bones, exploring the different powers and how I can utilize them would be more my cup of tea. So my vote is too many bones. All right, two for too many bones, one for time stories. Elijah? I'm going to go with time stories just uh, out of the concept of the looping through time. And I guess they're both terrible games. I'm going to agree with um, with you on that. And I'm just going to go with time stories. Sorry. We all hate these games, you guys. Yeah, man. This, this is this is a ugly part of the bracket. Okay, yeah. so that is two versus two. Colin, you get the final vote. Okay, well, I'm going to go time stories just because my first play of Too Many Bones with four people lasted six and a half hours. That, that sounds right. That sounds yep. right. <laughs> yep. After that, I sold the game. So time stories, I like you said, you can still enjoy it the first time you play it. And there's definitely things that are wrong with the game. But it is fun because, hey, it's new things. You're seeing new things when you play it. So You see new yeah, things wrong stories. with the game every time you play it. <laughs> that's true. You see new wrong things. That's okay. You know, sometimes that's fun to see that. You, you, you can learn. All right. So what a wacky bracket this is. We've got time stories, the 13 seed versus Mysterium, the 29 seed. Next is, oh, my gosh. Arkham Horror the card game the 5th seed versus Detective a modern crime story the 28th seed Uh, yeah somebody else talk about Arkham I talk about the game enough well so I was going to say you should talk about it because you 
you've talked about it a lot, but um, I think the thing here is Arkham, the horror of the card game, is done really, really well. So Fantasy Flight nailed it with this between the theme, the balance between role playing, the card play, the deck building. Um, so it's a little bit more streamlined than Lord of the Rings card game, which is great. It's a little bit more approachable. Um, the artwork is absolutely amazing, and just the whole concept of the act and the agenda deck and you know, being able to play through that. And each of the character classes feels very distinct and just a lot of fun to play. Um, and then the scenarios, playing through the scenarios in the campaign is just super fun, right? To see your character grow over time, get the experience and be able to swap out those cards and then co total co-op at the table. So being able to work together, you know, I'll give you an emergency cash and refill your ammo and, and you know, I'll draw the monsters, uh, you know, to me, it's just really, really a lot of fun. All right, uh, clearly Peter cannot talk about Detective. So who would like to talk about Detective? So Detective Modern Crime Board Game is a scenario-based game. So there's a number of cases in the game, and you will be playing through a deck of cards. And basically how it works is you'll be spending time at various locations and reading the front or back of cards, depending on how they play, to try to work through a ongoing story. And through the story, there'll be red herrings and clues, and you have to jot down notes and even go into an app. This is an app-supported game as well where you'll be entering your fingerprints, trying to find uh, the criminals, and basically solve the case. There is a overall mystery amongst all the cases to try to solve, too. So if you do play a campaign with the same group, you can try to solve that. All right, so we've got Arkham Horror versus Detective. Uh, first to vote here is Peter. So my mom told me if I don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to say Detective was nominated for the Kennerspiel de Jar this year. Congratulations <laughs> to you. <laughs> but Arkham Horror is a way better game. All right, so that's one for Arkham Horror, the card game, Steve. So I had the opportunity to play both these games, not at this most recent Gen Con, but the previous one to that. And I really enjoyed playing, actually, Detective a lot more than that. It was an additional case that wasn't part of the, uh, the base game box. But I played with Nick, one of our Slack members, and someone who was mentioned earlier for the Patreon supporter, and it was just a blast. It was the standout game for me. I played Arkham at that Gen Con as well, and I played a scenario that just didn't really jive with me. That being said, I think Detective is way too fragile of a game, meaning that scenario can really make or break the game. I played other scenarios in the box, and they didn't sit well with me, and Arkham is just a solid game regardless of what scenario you play. So my vote, Arkham. By the way, I want to take that clip and loop it at the beginning of every episode. Steve says Arkham is a very solid game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, have fun, we'll have fun clips with uh, episode 100 when you and I talk about Lord of the Rings. But uh, let's get to Elijah, Arkham Horror or Detective. So one of these games, when I play, I'm having fun. The other one I'm done, I have a headache. And that is it's very easy right here for me. So... Detective is a game I think you'd probably play if you are looking to be a cop in real life and go to be a detective. It's very brain burnery. I can see how some people would like it, but it's not my cup of tea. And Arkham is just smooth gameplay all around, very thematic and a lot of fun. Definitely Arkham. That's three for Arkham Horror, the card game. Colin? Yeah, so if I want to read about someone drinking coffee... Oh, you took my talking point, Colin. Yes, you play you. Detective, okay? Because that's all I felt like I was reading when I was reading that one. So for me, it's Arkham Horror all the way. I love the game. It's a wonderful campaign system. And yeah, the stories are great. So yeah, Arkham all the way. 
Yeah, and Arkham is, Horror the Card Game is my number one game, so you can just kind of predict how I'm going to vote anytime it is mentioned. But here it goes. Uh, five votes for Arkham Horror the Card Game. The fifth seed will advance. You know, it's interesting to me because obviously we have a different take on Detective than most people. You hear nothing but good buzz about Detective, and I'm wondering what we're maybe missing or what other people are seeing that we don't. Well, I think we definitely sucked at solving that one case more than other people, so <laughs> that, that definitely influenced my opinion on the game. I will say that other scenario, that extra scenario, was actually really awesome. So I do think that's a major issue with the game that I mentioned. So Is it just, it's so scenario specific, right? So, so if it's a good yeah. scenario, you'll love it. Yeah, so maybe people just powered through it, but we have enough other, other games that we played it, we went, no, that's not really worth it, and then moved on. Yeah. You know, that might be it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. that's a great point. All right, so our final one for the first round of Group 2, we have Eldritch Horror Seed 12 versus Codenames Duet Seed 21. So we could potentially have Arkham Horror the Card Game versus Eldritch Horror. Uh, who'd like to talk about Eldritch a bit? Yeah, I guess I'll go with this one. Uh, I, it's one of my favorite games, so I think you could probably guess where I'm going to vote here. But um, I love the map, the world travel, just the planes and the tickets. Um, so obviously, uh, if you don't know about the game, basically play investigators trying to solve uh, mysteries and you're basically battling against an elder god that's invading earth and you have cultists and all sorts of Cthulhu monsters and stuff attacking. So it's just a really fun, very co-op. It can be swingy and can be difficult, um, but it's a lot of fun. You have the variety of the characters or when I played with Steve, we had a huge graveyard of characters, investigators, I guess, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, which uh, can tend to happen, but you have a lot of assets. There's some variety in the way that you can grow your character, and um, it's just a lot of fun. All right, I'll talk about Codenames Duet. This is a party game uh, from CGE, Czech Games Edition. It was originally a team-based game where you would play against each other, but Codenames Duet is the co-op version. You each see a different set of uh, clues, basically cards laid out on the board, and you know which ones are for your team and which ones are not for your team. And you give each other one-word clues and the number of cards that clue applies to. And the other team has to, or not the other team in this case, your partner or partners, have to try to figure out which cards you meant. Uh, If they make a mistake, you either lose time or lose immediately if it's an assassin. So it's a very quick, light kind of party game or just fun two-player co-op game to get into. All right, uh, Steve, you're going to start off the voting here. Eldritch Horror or Codenames Duet? I've had interesting experience with Eldritch Horror. I really like the game, but I've never even come close to winning. I like Elijah said earlier, I think I might set a record of the most number of people in the graveyard with the players I controlled. And I've even had a situation where we ran out of monster tokens. We didn't know what to do. We had to look in the rule book to see what happens. So it's gone really, really bad for me. But I love the globe trotting nature of that game. I love the exploration. The cards are really fun. It's fun. But the fact that I, I have trouble really grasping how to really win that, that game yet. It's it's still fun, but I, I kind of want to get a better idea of that game. And the fact that Codenames Duet just hits the table again and again and again and goes over so well with so many groups, I have to give the nod to Codenames Duet. All right, once for Codenames, uh, Elijah, where are you going to go? So this is tough because... In one aspect, I'm looking at it like, what would I recommend for somebody who I bump into at my local game store? And I think in that case, a lot of the times, or most of the time, I'm going to probably recommend Codenames Duet. I think it's very fun to get to the table. It's definitely more that party game or sort of, it's not too brain burnery. It's a lot of fun. 
But if I'm going with me personally, it's going to be Eldritch Horror. It's just so thematic. I love getting it to the table and just playing, and I have a lot more fun. So it's going to be Eldritch. Go with your heart, Elijah. Go with yep. your heart. <laughs> going with my heart. <laughs> Go with what you believe. Thanks, man. <laughs> so that's one in one. Colin, which way do you fall? Okay, so this is this is a hard one because I actually haven't played Elder Chore, and what you guys talk about gets me really excited about it. But then I remember that it's in the Arkham universe, and I'm really not into that theme. <laughs> and Codenames Duet, my wife and I will, whenever we have another couple over, we'll always play the teams of two and two, and we have so much fun. So I think just because of that, for me personally, I've got to go Codenames Duet. But I do need to get Elder Chore to the table and try it sometime. Okay, so that's two for Codenames, one for Eldritch. I'm going to finish it off and take you out of the equation, Peter, and vote for a Codenames duet. I think it's a wonderful party game, really easy to teach to people, and I love playing all versions of Codenames, pictures, original, duet, with anyone I can get it around with. I play it at every party I have. So yeah, Eldritch Horror is fun. It's a great adventure game. I like Arkham Horror the card game better. I kind of like Arkham Horror 2nd Edition better as I've sat with the designs more. But uh, it's still a good game. But yeah, Codenames Duet is going to advance. But Peter, where would you have fallen? Well, I'm going to say I think these two are the best in class for what they are trying to do in, in their line of games. Now, Eldritch, I don't think, is better than Arkham LCG. Don't get me wrong. But for the Arkham board games, I think Eldritch is the best that's out there. And I think Codenames Duet is the best for what it does, too. I think it takes out a lot of the downtime that can happen in normal Codenames as someone's trying to think of a clue because both sides are trying to think of clues simultaneously. So for me, it's best in class versus best in class. And I think Codenames Duet is a better game overall for me. All right. So round two in group two is decided. We got Mysterium versus Time Stories in Arkham Horror, the card game versus Codenames Duet. We're going to start with Mysterium, ranked 29 versus Time Stories, uh, number 13. Elijah, which way are you voting? I'm going to go Mysterium here and uh, pretty easy choice. All right, Colin. I'm also going to go Mysterium. Once again, an easy choice for me. Yep, and me too. I didn't like Time Stories, and I do mostly enjoy Mysterium, so that is a three for Mysterium. Sorry, Peter and Steve, but what would you guys have said? Mysterium, of course. I mean, let's move on. (laughs) No question. Mysterium. (laughs) All right, so clean sweep there. And uh, Arkham Horror, the card game versus Codenames Duet. Colin, you're going to start us off here. Wow, this is another hard one, you guys. So you would have asked me this a month ago. It would have been Codenames Duet. But just in the last month, I've repurchased everything from Arkham Horror LCG, and I am loving it. So I got to go Arkham Horror LCG. I'm having a blast. And yeah, it's definitely a great game. So the sound bites just keep on coming, Peter. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Let's have that debate again. <laughs> I'm just going to play right, your sound bites the entire time. We're not, not going to have that fight, okay? We already know Lord <laughs> of the Rings is better, but Arkham Horror is definitely close. I'm just going right, to play so your sound Arkham bites Horror for our game. argument um, in that debate the next time. <laughs> <laughs> So that's one for Arkham Horror, the card name. Uh, I'm clearly going to go for Codenames Duet. Just kidding, Arkham Horror, the card game for me as well. So that's two. Uh, Peter? Man. I mean, this one, I've complained about a lot of them being tough. This one's really tough for me. I have a feeling if I go Codenames, then Arkham's going to be taken out. But in my heart of hearts, if I was to pick one of them right now to play, it depends who I'm playing with. If I'm playing with Mike, I'm going to play Arkham. But if I'm playing with almost anybody else, it's going to be Codenames, so I guess I got to go Codenames here. All right, so that is two for Arkham, one for Codenames. Steve? I enjoy playing both these games. They can, they can be pretty fun, but Arkham has that chaos bag, which, while it's not a deal breaker, it doesn't like ruin games by drawing bad tokens, it still can make it kind of not fun at times. 
I suppose the codenames duet. I don't think I've not had an instance where everyone's having fun at the table. So vote to codenames duet. Okay, so it is tied up. Elijah, you get to decide which one advances. Yeah, so this is uh, going to be easy. Um, Codenames Duet is a lot of fun, definitely. Um, but it's one of those that I think I could only play once or twice and we've had at the table and it gets a little tiring. Arkham, I can play all day, back to back and play scenarios. So it's going to be Arkham. All right, so it was a close call, but the fifth seed Arkham advances to go against Mysterium, and I'm going to start off the voting. Arkham Horror all the way. Mysterium is fine, but I like Codenames Duet way more than Mysterium, so I'm definitely going to vote Arkham here. Peter, how about you? Yeah, same. I like Mysterium a lot, but (laughs) ironically, I'm, again, going against my own logic from the last vote. Like, if I had to pick, I'd probably pick Mysterium if I was playing with new people, but Arkham's just such a better experience than Mysterium in my mind, so I'm going to go with Arkham. Okay, Steve, that's two for Arkham. Which way are you voting? I've had a lot more memorable moments in a playing games back-to-back-to-back-to-back. I have to go with Mysterium on that one. All right, two and one. Elijah? It's going to be Arkham. Uh, Mysterium is a fun game. Probably would recommend it to a lot of people, but me personally, uh, Arkham's a better system and a lot more fun. Okay, and Colin? Yeah, not that it matters, but I'm also going to go Arkham here as well. All right, so one vote from Steve for Mysterium, but Arkham, the fifth seed, will advance to go against Gloomhaven, the number one seed. By the way, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before <laughs> before we go any further, I'm just going to say we have busted so many brackets. Nobody would have guessed Gloomhaven versus Arkham from us here voting. No one. Wait, that, that's a joke, right? Of course it's a joke. It's the most <laughs> obvious choice. Exactly like, why didn't we waste the last hour of your time? Of course it was going to be Arkham yeah, versus Gloomhaven. got taken out. That was a close... Gloomhaven was not close, but Arkham had some challenges there. All right, well, anyway, uh, so we are doing Gloomhaven versus Arkham Horror, the card game, the number one seed versus the number five, to determine who will be the winner of groups one and two, going against the winner from next week for our finalist, the best game of all co-ops. So I've randomized the order, and Peter, you're going to talk first here. Gloomhaven versus Arkham Horror. I mean, the game I want to get to the table most is Arkham here. As much as I like Gloomhaven, setup time, everything else. Now, maybe, I I don't know, because I've never set up Arkham, I don't think. So maybe Arkham setup is a pain, and I don't know about it because Mike does it every time. But for me, the game I want to get to the table and the game that plays the smoothest for me is Arkham. And that's the one I'm most interested in, so that's where my vote's going. All right, and I am next in the randomized order. I'm also going with Arkham Horror, the card game. Uh, I sold my copy of Gloomhaven, and I just recently spent another $80 on Arkham Horror, the card game, and I've probably spent five or $600 altogether so far. I think both games are wonderful designs, and partially this just goes to my preference. These days, I tend to prefer shorter campaign games, like maybe 10 missions max, versus really, really long ones that I just don't have time for. But yeah, Arkham Horror all the way. So that's two for Arkham Horror, the card game. And uh, Steve, which way are you going to vote? I'm not a huge fan of the horror theme, so I got to go with Gloomhaven on this one. All right, two for Arkham Horror, one for Gloomhaven. Colin? Yeah, I'm also going Gloomhaven. I have a campaign with people going on right now. It's so much fun. I love the leveling system for your characters. I love that there's so many characters to unlock. There's so much to see. Arkham Horror is a great game. I'm really, I've been really enjoying it, but it is only 10 scenarios or nine scenarios. Then you start all the way over. Gloomhaven, you can really see a character grow out. Then you'll retire and you can start a whole new one, but you're still continuing on the campaign. So I really like that. So uh, for me, Gloomhaven. And Elijah, it is 2v2 for one of the two finalists in this whole contest. Which way are you going to go? 
Guys, this is how you send somebody into anxiety. You can't do this to me. Like, <laughs> why? Why me? Why me? Oh my gosh! So obviously, these are both awesome games. Um, you know, there's a lot in the box in both, but I think at the end of the day, one of these games I did sell and one I kept. And the game I sold was Gloomhaven. The reason is it's just too much, too long. For me, Arkham, Mike, I'm with you just for shorter time and, and being able to get it to the table. I also love the campaigns and the scenarios they've played. They feel very different. We've had some really crazy experiences at the table with them. And then just the characters, like the classes and the way they play out and the co-op. Gloomhaven feels a little samey to me. It feels like a lot of the same optimization of working your way through the dungeon where Arkham, you can really throw some crazy stuff at you. So it's definitely Arkham. All right. So there wow. we go. And I will be on medication now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I wish we had that debate right now. All right. Arkham versus Lord of the Rings. Let's do it right now. We we will see if it comes up. It might win group three and four next week. We are going to find out later. All right, so uh, that means that Arkham Horror, the card game, in, I think, probably a big upset for a lot of people. The fifth seed unthrones the number one seed, and Arkham Horror, the card game, will go against whatever wins from groups three and four. But for that, you got to tune in next week. We're going to go through all of groups three and four and crown the winner of the best co-op game, at least according to the five of us here. So uh, please join us for our 100th episode. We'll find out who's going to win based on the voting, and uh, it'll be really exciting. All right, so thank you to Steve, Colin, Elijah, Peter, and I'm Mike. We are One Stop Co-op Shop, all of us, including Colin. So glad to have you back, buddy. And we'll see you next week. We'll see you at the next stop. Even if it's the same stop? No, it's a different stop because it's a different game. That's why it's a different stop. Come on. Thanks for listening to another episode of the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Please check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. If you want to reach out to us, the best place to talk to us all is on the Slack. See the show notes for details. Also, you can support us on Patreon. Check out patreon.com slash one stop. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next week with another top five list. We'd also like to thank, sponsoring this episode, Ben Swoboda, who is a co-op lover, and also Pickle the Hut, also a co-op lover. And Pickle the Hut, we got a little bit of Star Wars in here for you. We'll see how that game performs. By the way, I definitely did Pickle the Hut last week. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) That sounds amazing. You know, you might have done Pickle the Hut because... There's zero zero chance I didn't do Pickle the Hut. I will not ever forget that. <laughs> wow! No one. Not only did no one talk, but there was like a kathunk of like somebody putting down their mug or something. It's like I'm not talking about this crap. <laughs> Mechs vs Minions. I do like its simplicity and streamlined nature, but the gameplay is more there in in a in uh, Mechs vs. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> what game is this? What are you talking about? <laughs> What's your name? <laughs> All right, once for code names, uh, Elijah, where are you going to go? Yeah, so I just wanted to say, guys, off the record here that I guess when I'm talking about Eldritch, I was just kind of saying how I thought about it and not really introducing what it is, so I apologize. <laughs> yeah, because I'm re- listening to you guys, and you're like giving like a mini intro and review on it, and I'm kind of assuming our listeners know what they are, so I apologize It's all for good. That.
Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, honestly, they might think we're really boring and think you're perfect. So exactly, <laughs> it's nice to have the variety. Honestly, okay, okay. Yeah, it's like I um. know what Gloomhaven is, Mike. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you pick Wait, the top of one card and the bottom of another. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Elijah, um. what's your vote? Hey, Mike. Yeah. I promise you Lord of the Rings won't make it to the finals next week. <laughs> you don't control that. I'm just going to vote pandemic all the way. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Elijah will suddenly find pandemic love in the interview. Oh, pandemic is amazing. Peter, just tell me how to vote and I'll vote. I'll vote that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs>